Welcome to Valhalla, all of you wonderful VFLs, and maybe even non-VFLs. Today's episode is brought to you by Parkway Poorhouse, our wonderful friends at Parkway Poorhouse. If you're in Chattanooga or in the Chattanooga area, need a spot to grab some delicious food with the fam, or just hang out on the patio, winter or summer, they'll keep you warm out there. Grab some apps of the best wings in Chattanooga, and an adult cold beverage. Come on down to Parkway, visit parkwaypoorhouse.com to plan your visit today. Mike Piper are talking some theories this afternoon. We got, is it time to call Hugh Freeze? Coaching struggles are obvious. Hugh Freeze is not struggling up there in Liberty. Is it time to give him a shout? Bailey versus JG. We all want to know what route should we take? Should we save the man or should we get rid of Jarrett and just call it a year? Can COVID ruin this football and basketball season? And another top 100 recruit for Rick Barnes. Hang out. Show's going to be good today, peeps. Welcome to Valhalla, friends and family. Mike Piper, how are you today, buddy? Man, I don't know why, but I'm in a pretty great mood. Um, feeling pretty fired up. After we're guaranteed to get a win this weekend against the good old bye week. Um, but yeah, feeling good. How about yourself? I uh, cannot complain. Ball's got a new recruit. There is a Saturday that I won't be sad. Let's be honest. Let's Nobody be honest. Nobody felt great about this week. And uh, I'm kind of ready for a breather. Ready to watch some Masters at Parkway. And I'm going to... Uh, Get ready for this half half marathon and run 10 miles on Saturday. Not going to be great, but we're going to do it. Hey, let's do, do it, it, man. Let's do it. You know, let's... we're just we're just doing this thing. Mike Piper, let's get into it though first. Woo! There's a lot of talk. There's a lot of chit-chat going chit chatter about a man up at Liberty College named Hugh Freeze. A lot of rumors going around. I'm sure we've all heard. They're flying, man. Flying all over the place. Do you think Philip Fulmer and company have made a call already? Mm. You know, I'm going to go with negative at this point. Um, I think that they could be close potentially. Um, but, you know, I think it's definitely something worth worth looking at, worth evaluating. I think the issue is this. I think Philip Fulmer believes in Jeremy Pruitt. I think it's going to take probably a lot of push from the donors behind the scenes to make it happen because of his new contract that he just signed through 2025, um, which honestly that support may be there because I feel like the fan base is restless. They're tired of Jeremy Pruitt. They're tired. It's year three. We just got smacked by Arkansas in year one who had a similar rebuild that Jeremy Pruitt had coming into this program. So it's discouraging. Um, I guess I'm I'm still kind of holding out hope that maybe some of this is a byproduct of COVID. Um, I definitely wouldn't put money on that. If I had to kind of guess where I thought or how likely it would be for Jeremy Pruitt to have success uh, at Tennessee, I would say like maybe 10% at this point. Like I'm pretty much out on him, but I'm, I'm still holding out just a little bit of hope that maybe next year could be different. That's kind of what I'm open to. You don't want to like totally throw away this year and what it's going through and because everybody's going through it and they're still the successful are still being successful. And 
the teams that you thought were bad are still bad. So there's nothing that much different because everybody has the same preparation, basically. I mean, obviously there's been differences. There's going to be, what, three? I think there's already three announced games that won't happen in the SEC alone this week. So, Pac-12 starting up. Uh, obviously, everybody else is kind of along the ride with SEC, too. So, you know, Big 12, Big 10, everybody started. Everybody's playing. The good are good, the bad are bad. So, it just goes to show you that this Tennessee team is pretty bad, um, especially against the the upper echelon. So, it kind of makes you nervous. It's like, man, I, I don't know what Jeremy Pruitt's going to do. I, I really don't. I I don't think they're going to fire him, but I don't know. What do you think it takes? Like what what's do you think it takes a lose out completely? Do you think he has a certain amount of games that he's got at least win out to to get? What what's you, what do you think the number is? Like if he gets one win, is he okay? Two wins? What do you think? Um yeah, it's hard to know. I mean, I think, you know, obviously if he loses out, I think he's out no matter what. And maybe that's not obvious to some people, but I think if you lose to everybody, including Vanderbilt, then I just think that there's no way that he'll survive this offseason. Um, I think if you beat Vanderbilt, which hopefully is is a given, but nothing's a given given how this season has gone, um, then I think you know, you're know you probably looking... I, I really think he's going to get another year, in part just because he signed a really big extension and because it is a COVID year. We said this last week on the podcast, like... Arkansas was a huge game, and for me, my my personal feeling at the time was that if it wasn't a COVID year and we lost to Arkansas, I felt like he would be out for sure. Like if he had had a full offseason to prepare, if there wasn't all these complications with contact tracing and players having to sit out and new guys having to step in, like I think it would have been the end. But I think that they're going to keep on rolling with him, and I think that the only way that changes in my estimation is if you lose out. What do you think? Um. Yeah, I think it. I think it almost takes a lose out, which is crazy to think because this fan base is so frustrated. And I know Jeremy answered those questions the other day. He's like, I'm just as restless as they are, and I hope he is. I really do. And I, it sounds like I, I don't know about all about the rumors that you know there was a fight in the locker room at halftime, even though that this team was up. But still, you can get frustrated even when you're up because you should be up by more. Certain things like that. Again, a horrendous third quarter. I don't understand what they do at halftime. And I do think there could be a narrative. If you barely escape Vanderbilt and then you get crushed in all the rest of the games, then I could see there being a potential firing if he if there is truth to the locker room lack of control, which lack of control may be a hefty phrase. Uh, just sounds like there's a little bit of discontent. Yep. So if that continues, rumors keep swirling, and the only team you beat, and you barely beat them, is Vanderbilt. I do think there could be a chance at a firing. Um, and to circle back on the Hugh Freeze thing, he did just sign an extension today, which everybody's like, "Wow, you know, Liberty's might keep him." No, that's all that is. So Liberty can get some more money back, whatever somebody else comes knocking because they are, whether it's Tennessee, whether it's South Carolina, whether it's Southern Miss, whether it's 
whoever else in the SEC. Somebody's probably going to be coming for him, and it's going to be a powerhouse conference, conference school, Big Five somewhere, whether it's uh, and maybe Michigan. Who knows if that's still a thing. So there's going to be a lot going around for Mr. Hugh Freeze. But I don't know. This coaching staff's got a lot of work. What do you think about even maybe changing out of Cheney? Let's go up to that big part. Changing out Cheney? Yeah. What do you think about even if you're gonna if you're gonna make a change up but not quite head coach? Um do you think they would even go that high? Man, that's tough because in some ways I feel like year four has got to be the year. If he gets another chance, like he's not gonna and the excuse you always hear is, well, you know, it's the first year with a new offensive coordinator. I'd, you know, I think if it was me, if you fire a guy like Jim Chaney, I'd almost like to see him go and do something kind of like the uh, LSU did last year whenever they had Joe Burrow and they went out. Was it Joe Brady? Is he the one that was their offensive coordinator? Show sure was. Yeah. So I think I'd like to see them kind of go out and make that kind of splash hire a guy that's going to be an innovator for the offense. Um, but even still, I mean, this team's never going to have the talent that LSU had uh, that year. So I don't know that maybe that's the best comparison. I guess, you know, you have to make a change somewhere. I think if if Jeremy Pruitt is still coaching at the end of the year, you have to fire Will Friend. Uh, I know that Will Friend is one of Jeremy Pruitt's best friends, but he, ha- he has to go. I mean, it's just the way it is. Um, and in addition to him, I think you're going to see some more staff turnover. I think probably T Martin stays and is safe. Probably Jay Graham is safe. Um, yeah. Chris Winkie should probably go. I mean, he's been with the program for a while and our program, our quarterbacks have developed negative three points. So, <laughs> um, I don't, I don't know. You know, I think friend and Winky have to go for sure. I think you can make questions about Cheney, but I would say he's about as proven of a commodity as you have on the staff. So, I think I would almost be asking more questions about how Pruitt is managing Cheney than I would be asking questions about Cheney. Good call. I agree with that. So I, I just don't know how it's going to work. Is it? You can definitely tell a lack of communication is there. You can yep. tell a lot from just by the way certain things are said in press conferences, certain things are misconstrued as far as just the way – they both want to operate. It seems like frustrations, body language, just little things you you kind of notice. It's not fully there. I do think they want to both win football games. Obviously, they make a ton of money because they win football games or have won football games. Let's not say they're winning right now, but these guys have been successful. I just don't know what all changes they're going to have to make because I. I and it's the sad thing is I shouldn't even say this, but we all know that what feels like the power of the griping, terrible vol Twitter vol fan base can be it sometimes because it can get dark and I can yep. get rough. Yeah. But, and I'm not saying vol Twitter's bad because what seemed like happened was for the right thing. And you got away from some allegations in the Shiano aspect. And obviously they praised him after one win, but you know, I do think we were better off as a, as a program to go with somebody like Pruitt, get a Cheney on staff. I'm with you. I think T Martin stays. Maybe, you know, you get rid of Winky, you give Bailey a year. I don't know. We're, we're going to get to the comp- quarterback conversation here in just a little bit, but you know, you get these guys going one more year, one more non COVID year. Heck this extra week of practice might be wonderful for them. 
you yep. know, at least you get a number two ready. You're, you're sitting Jarek this week because you're like, Hey man, no reason to risk it. And if you're a fan, once again, I'll, I'll, we'll circle back to the quarterback stuff here a little bit, but you know, you sit him, you work, you work these other guys, you get that in there, you establish some sort of plan offensively. That's just better than what the heck we've been doing. I don't know what that is. Do you, do you have an idea of, do you think it's play calling? Do you think it's schematic stuff? What What do you think is the biggest issue right now, coaching wise, Mr. Piper? You know, I think for me, it's uh, that we're so hamstrung by Jared Garantano. I think that's why the offense hasn't looked good at all um, mm-hmm. and has looked inept. I think that's hamstrung um, Jim Chaney as a play caller. I think it's made it easier for opposing defenses to be able to stop us. Like, I just think if you can't throw the ball down the field with any sense of regularity, I just don't think you're going to be successful in the SEC, particularly against some of the defenses that we go against. Um, we've been too one-dimensional. The offensive line's been a disappointment. I mean, mm-hmm. there's a lot of things you can point to, uh, but I think at the end of it all, if we had if we had a guy like – is it Matt Corral, the guy from uh, Ole Miss – I don't yeah, know. yeah, yeah. Yeah, Corral. So he's like, I watched him play a couple games. I watched the Ole Miss-Kentucky game. Um, and, man, like, he's no world beater, but he's a solid quarterback at the level that you would kind of expect Tennessee to have for the amount of resources that we put forth you know, into the football program. And, you know, if you had a guy like that that could sling it, that could spread it around, and some of that may be a byproduct of Lane Kiffin. I really think that, you know, he's a – offensive I don't want to say genius because I don't really quite go there but he's he's a gifted play caller and he's good with quarterbacks and we've seen that time and time again um but yeah I just think if you had a guy that was maybe three four even top five quarterback in the SEC I think this season looks massively different I think you probably beat Kentucky because you don't have three interceptions maybe you have one um I think that you probably beat Arkansas because you score more than 13 points and score more than zero in the second half. You know, so it's hard to know exactly how it would look, but I think you kind of just have to go back to the quarterback. There's a reason that guys in the NFL are getting, you know, 10-year, $500 million contracts. It's because it's the most important position in the sport. And um, Tennessee, that's probably where we're the most inept. So that's my take, and I'm sticking to it. Yeah, I'll agree with that. And – you can tell a difference because look at Arkansas. They were down 13 nothing to us. Um, Felipe Franks just looked like he was in control. He's not the best guy. He's one of the slower, dual-threat quarterbacks you feel like you've got. But the guy's got senior leadership. He's got talent. He's played yep. from behind before. Yep. And you know what? He looked solid. He's not – He once again, he's not a world beater, but he's pretty damn good. Yep, especially for a college quarterback, um, and that's a that's a confident team, man. That Arkansas team's really confident, and they want to win. And I, that's the thing about this Tennessee team. I don't I don't always know if they want to win. That's coming out of halftimes. I just don't understand what they're doing. What kind of adjustments they make, or maybe they just don't make anything. I was listening to a podcast today about uh, some of the old Celtics teams. Maybe they go out in the back and they just go smoke. Like the 1960s basketball teams, you know, <laughs> just go take a smoke break out in the hall, uh, chug a, just crush a cold beer. You know, I don't know what they do, but it's not working. 
we've got to be one of the worst third third quarter teams in the country. I'd like to see that stat. I didn't look that up because I just thought about it. Yeah, no. I'm going to come back to that. I saw something, uh, I want to say, might have been in a David Ubbin article, but he was, whoever it was that was writing about it, I think we've been outscored by like, I want to say 65 or 70 points in the last four games in the third quarter. I mean, it's like I knew it was astronomical. I knew it was up there. Yeah, it's it's crazy. I mean, it's it's really truly crazy. Which 24 of that you know came against Arkansas, um, but I mean, you go back to to Alabama and Georgia and Kentucky, and man, I mean, Georgia game we we're up at half, and then by the time the fourth quarter rolls around, we're down by 20, and it's like, yeah, I mean, what do you do? What do you yeah. do? What do you do? You go out and you hire Hugh Freeze. That's you what do. You, you go get that man from Liberty College and you bring him down here. Let's let's have a little fun rant. Let's let's do a little fun talk here. All right, all right. So you get Hugh Freeze. Your offense instantly instantly goes up. Correct. Right. Let's call it what it is. Correct. Probably going to have a huge staff. It's this guy's dream job, basically. Right. He proposed to his wife. In Neyland Stadium, on the field. Born and raised in Memphis. We talked about it a little bit last week. College football dynasty, you got to be a guy. You got to have that guy. So, and you got to have that circumstance. You got to have that power as a school. I'm going to ask you, Mike Pipe. Hugh Freeze, at probably his dream job. Right. With the financial backing and the clout. Of the University of Tennessee, everybody can complain. It's it's no, it's not Clemson, it's not Bama, it's probably not Ohio State or Michigan. Well, it's probably Michigan. That's yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, Michigan's at a better level than we are, but I'd I'd yeah, I wouldn't. I'd say it's cl- close to that clout. You yeah, yeah. Michigan, USC, because USC's faltered. Right. Michigan, USC, Tennessee. There's some other schools you can name in there. That's about the level we are. Tier two, three ish, whatever, whatever, however you want to look at that. But either way. With Hugh Freeze, with all the backing and his talent and the recruiting, do you think Hugh Freeze could be that guy in this circumstance to make a turnaround to at least get us back to, heck, even what Georgia is right now? Um, I think he could. Okay, and here's my thought process. I feel I've thought about this. I'm sticking to it. Offense is less of a variable upon defense than defense is upon offense. And here's what I mean by this. Jeremy Pruitt, I think, is a good defensive coach. I don't think anybody would try to take that away from him. The reason, though, that our defense has not been able to stop opposing teams' offenses is because our offense can't keep their defense off the field. So, um, or our offense can't keep our, our defense off the field. So, because we suck so bad on offense, our defense is on the field for 40, 42 minutes, 38 minutes. Like, they're on the field for the, not overwhelming, but a large majority of the game, and naturally they're going to get tired. And I think that's part of why you see us do well in the first half and then trail off in the second. Um, And so, offense, on the other hand, you can kind of dictate the terms of play. You can control the pace of the offense it's not quite as dependent upon having breaks and being able to stay fresh um, because, you know, you're going out and you're playing offense. You know, you know where you're going. You're not reacting. You're, you can be decisive. You can rotate receivers in and out. So I think um, 
yeah, my big takeaway, you can have a great offense and your defense can be terrible, but it's hard to have a great defense when your offense is terrible because you end up playing 40 minutes a game. Yeah, very true. I agree with that 100% because I just don't – I hate it for this defense because it does look good at times. It really does. Outside of that third quarter this past week, I they looked all right. Heck, another part that absolutely got zero recognition – was Eric Gray getting 123 yards on the ground this week. You know? Yeah. Nobody even mentioned it. Nobody. Great game. We have we have a star running back in Gray right now. We do. And doesn't even get noticed. Doesn't even get noticed. And that's the thing, man. That's the thing. I mean, this team is trending in the right direction in so many areas. I really believe that. I think the offensive line is going to be good for years to come. I think you've got guys in the fold that are freshmen, sophomores, that look like they're SEC offensive linemen. I mean, I expected it this year, but I think, you know, you just don't have a guy that's developed the talent. And I think you get the right guy in there. He can get the guys to buy in. And I think mm-hmm. that, you know, you've got a guy, Eric Gray, that could be potential first-team All-SEC, second-team All-SEC by the time he's junior. Maybe he comes back for a senior year. He kind of strikes me as that kind of guy who loves Tennessee, a culture guy. Um, a leader for the team. I mean, he's been praised ever since he walked into the program. So I don't know. I, I don't think it's as bad as we think it is right now. Um, and maybe that's because I'm banking on us being able to develop talent, even though we're not really seeing that this season. But, you know, I, I'm really – I'm believing in the direction we've got the program going. I am. I think the receivers look good. I think the running back look good. I think the offensive line looks like it's going to be in good hands. The big question is, can you get a quarterback? Yeah. I don't know. That's, that's, that's everything. is, And we don't even know about Harrison. We don't know about Harrison, man. We don't. It's got a lot. I don't know, buddy. We got uh, we got a lot to figure out. Pruitt, with, especially with this freeze thing coming around, I think his seat gets a little bit hotter because there could be some guys coming around from the non-Power Fives that might be options. So... It's a big mess, man. It's a big mess. Big mess. Oh, well, Hugh Freeze hopefully wears orange. Hopefully his wife wears orange. Let's uh it's not far from Lynchburg, Virginia to Knoxville, Tennessee. I'm not really ready to go there yet. I think, you know, it's still possible it works out with Pruitt, but definitely yeah, my hopes are waning. I know, man. I know. We're just got we gotta wait and see because this this season's gotta play out. We played three pretty tough ranked opponents and two of those are in the top 10 and one of them looks like they could be wow well actually both of the a&m and florida are really good really good so that's true it's gonna be scary buddy it's gonna be scary and you know what's not scary what is not scary chase please please fill me in using the razor from manscaped specifically the lawnmower 3.0. Well, let me tell you something, Chase. I uh, I got myself one of these razors uh, not too long ago, and it included this uh, this new trimmer that they brought about. Um, it's got a ceramic blade, and it just makes the whole experience a lot safer, a lot better. I've noticed that I don't have to be quite as uh, careful when I'm down there because I've got the right equipment, the right tools, and every man knows he's only as good as his tools 
That's true, man. That's true. And I mean, when I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The battery, it's going to last you up to like 90 minutes longer. It's waterproof, dude. You can throw it in the shower, whether you want to shave the chest, the downstairs, whatever you want to shave, man. You can use it in the shower, in the pool. I don't care where the heck you use it. Just know it's waterproof. Yeah, and the best part for me, it's got this LED light. So, you know, you're, in regards to where you're at, a lot of times bathrooms aren't the most well-lit areas of the house. You know, you got the little tiny, I don't know, fan kind of light that turns on. Well, mm-hmm. You don't have to worry about it. You got plenty of light that you can shed on it. It's got LED light, and it helps you kind of see what you're working with, make sure you're not going to nick anything, which, honestly, I don't even know if it's possible based on my experience, but... You know, it only helps shed a little more light on the matter. They've also, let me add this, added a quiet stroke motor. It's a lot quieter, a lot less noisy. Nobody even will know you're trimming if you got roommates or if you want to, you know, maybe head to the bathroom before things get a little serious and you can trim in the bathroom. She won't even know. Hmm. Won't even know, man. Let's not forget about that charging stand. Show off your mower loud and proud because. <laughs> Let me tell you, this this thing is nice looking. Charging dock powered by USB. If you're listening to me speak right now, I want you to experience this firsthand for yourself. Tell them about it, Mike Piper. Let me tell you, um, we're going to get you 20% off. 20% Ooh. off free shipping as well. All you got to hmm. do, you got to go to manscaped.com. You got to enter in WTV20, and you're going to make your testies your besties, my friends. I'm telling you again, 20% off plus free shipping. Holidays are right around the corners. Come on down, baby. Use this 20% off with code WTV20. It's abbreviation to Welcome to Valhalla 20. Your balls will thank you. So, man, let's talk about another situation you can get a little scared of. That's the quarterback situation. Until we were going to circle back around to it. And I hate that we have to use a scary undercarriage to talk about it, but that's kind of how I feel like it is. <laughs> Ain't that we go, hurt, man. I'll tell you what. One thing I've seen, especially from last week, I'm going to give you a quick synopsis, and then I'm going to let you tell me where I'm right and where I'm wrong, Mr. Piper. All right. <sighs> last week we saw... They are scared to death to use Harrison Bailey because he might be um, nowhere near ready. And they don't, they're scared, just terrified to use him. I'll just say that. They're just scared to use him for some weird reason. Right. Um, Maurer, anything close to ready. That dude just looked terrible. I mean, we thought some of JG's overthrows were bad. Yikes. I don't know if that was nerves because at times he's looked pretty good especially last year, pretty right. good, not great. Nobody, nobody's great on this team. Yeah. I wouldn't say that. But, heck, Jarrett might be the best overall, and that is just heartbreaking to think about. It is. But you know what's great? You know the coaching, like the coaches, they were like low-key kind of fist-pumping. I mean, I know they wanted to win. They weren't rooting on us to lose. But you know when like Brian Maurer came out and he was overthrowing guys by like 20 yards? There was a piece oh, yeah. of them. There was a piece that said, Nobody's going to question our decision on that one anymore. <laughs> so true. <laughs> and so now we know. And honestly, okay, Bailey, I still think he's the guy that you got to go with for the future. But let's be honest. Let's call a spade a spade. 
He did not look great. Period. So I'm still a guy that says, hey, let's play him. Let's give him, let's, you know, let's get him some playing time. Let's get him in there early. He can be broken this year. So that way he can be built back up again over the offseason and the next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's where I'm at. But I'll just say this. He, like you said, Garantano looked like he might be our best option despite what I think nearly everyone in the fan base believed. I don't, I'm going to even go back to coaching again. How terrible was that plate calling to try to help Harrison Bailey? Three straight handoffs, and then you get the first down on a couple. Right. You get some bubble screens, but then his first throw was on fourth down. Yep. Fourth, I think it was fourth and seven. Yep. What are you doing? What, I mean, I just don't understand. Like, that's the kind of stuff that goes to show me that this staff, I, I don't know who that is there. Is not ready, like is just not well prepared. Right. Does not make wonderful decisions. Right. Like you, I, I, you got to come out if you're gonna play this kid. You got to let him at least throw it early on. Get the nerves out real quick. Not on fourth down in a pressure situation. Like if he doesn't get that, at least there's a chance there. But then, man, just a debacle. It was. I do. I will say this. I do think that was a pass interference. But yep. Still. Uh, you put you put him in a bad you put Harrison Bailey in another bad spot, and it just helped him zero. Yeah. I don't even know how to describe it. Just makes me upset because like that's gonna be the spot you're gonna put this kid in on his first drive. Like I, it almost feels like I mean it's not the truth, but I, it feels like once again, like you're talking about they're laughing a little bit. Like hey man, you know they're doing little fist pumps. Like how oh, we're going to show them that Jared's our guy, right? Even if it was situationally horrendous decision-making. So I don't know, man. I, I just don't know where to go from there. Like, I mean, if JG's concussion thing is a real thing, but he's also got two weeks, are you going dual quarterback scenario with him and Bailey and just trying to play a couple times? Do you think they stay with Jarrett? What do you think they're doing come two weeks? Man, I think if I'm Jeremy Pruitt, I'm going all in on the Harrison Bailey train. I think you got to give fans something to believe in if you really want to be the coach at the University of Tennessee. And it's possible that he's okay with making the decision he feels like is best and letting the chips fall where they're going to fall. And if that means he gets fired, gets a $10 million buyout, I can't imagine a lot of people that would be just extremely heartbroken by that. But I do think he's a competitor, and I do think that he wants to – I mean, I think he realizes – Coaching the SEC is a special opportunity. Surely he sees that he could be on the brink of something special if he could get out of his own way and get guys in there that could actually coach up the O-line, coach up quarterback. Um, I really think that's the biggest problem. I mean, I think particularly with the O-line, you've got so much talent, more talent than we've had there in years, and still we're not able to achieve what uh, you know everybody thought this team could achieve heading into the offseason. I mean, it's the Alabama offensive line on paper. And it's a, I don't know, maybe a, I don't want to say Vanderbilt, but middle-of-the-road SEC offensive line, if we're being honest. And, I mean, it's had games where it looked okay, and it's had games where we had one rushing yard against Georgia. So, um, anyway, all that to say, off the soapbox, back to what you were saying. I got a little bit distracted. What was the question? (laughs) (laughs) What do you think this? Uh, I mean, who, who, you, you answered it. it was, okay. Who do you think? Who do you think they should go with? As far as do you think they should go one or the other with Jarrett 
for Bailey, or do you think they go with a dual quarterback situation? I I don't know, man. I I think they. I'm with you. I think they they should just ride the Bailey train, see where it takes them, man. Because good good thought today. I heard from my boy Steve Heard. This fan base, if you go three and seven with Harrison Bailey, is a totally different believer than if you go three and seven with Jarrett Garantano. Yep. Garantano. You know what I'm saying? Like it's same outcome. Yep. But at least you have something to believe in, in the future, or you have, you know, you've at least made somebody happy and you're still having the same outcome kind of thing. Because I, you're losing this fan base, and you can tell me, you know, it's not about the fans. Well, it is. It is, because you don't want to just crush hopes and dreams and give them nothing to believe in, which JG is not something anybody, anybody believes in. If you do, you're a family member just with false hope. And that's fine, you know. I'm going to be, if my son's terrible, at son or daughter, sorry, is terrible at sports, I'm still going to be like, well... There's a chance. Right. I get that. We're all going to be that way, right, Mike Pipe? Yeah. We're always we're all going to be believers. They're family members. But if they ain't family members, we're probably not going to believe in them. It's yeah. bad. Uh, that's and it's true. not the right situation, man. It's just I, not. I don't know what they're going to do to to get better with it. And I, I, It's just, hmm. If you, if you go ahead and play Harrison, you're probably losing the last three of the four, right? Yeah, that's the truth. That is the truth. The only one you would maybe have a shot at is Auburn, just because they've been so dang inconsistent. But I don't see it. I don't either. Their defensive line's really good. I maybe, maybe I'm with you because it's it could be similar. It's gosh, it's probably the same daggum team from the team we beat down there. Yep. So I don't know. You know, it's it's very similar. Bonick's still that quarterback. Yep. So, uh, yeah, they're they're also that's gonna be a boring game. I hate to say that. That's going to be a snooze fest. Neither one of these teams put up a bunch of points. So hopefully we get some big output from Gray and Chandler. Uh, So I don't know. We'll see, man. Um, Let's move on a little bit here. I'm tired of getting frustrated. We're not going to have a Saturday night to be sad this week, Mike Piper. So it'll be good. Woo! Need need a little mental breather. But there's going to be a couple other teams that are not going to have... Saturday to be sad or happy about because COVID is taking down the SEC right now. <laughs> three <laughs> games, three games are postponed. And, you know, we've got what, four ish weeks plus the SEC, ter- or SEC uh, championship. Whew. It's getting cold. It is. We don't know how it's going to work out. With if it's going to be something like flu season, I don't know. What do you think happens the rest of the year with COVID? Do you think everything plays out, we get through it, or do you think there's going to be more postponed games? What's your thoughts on that? Oof, man. You know, I think we're going to get through it. I don't think it looks great right now. Um, yeah, I think... Man, I'm hoping that we get through it, and and part of me hopes we do, don't get through it because Tennessee's looks so bad that <laughs> part of me wants just you know at some point you just got to cut off your losses and you got to get out of there, and that's a little bit of where I'm at at this season. But I think there still is some room 
Maybe Bailey comes out, and let's say the last four games, he averages 200 yards passing per game with two touchdowns and one interception per. I think those stats are somewhat realistic, definitely optimistic, but somewhat realistic. And I think that that would be the kind of performance that would give Tennessee fans hope heading into next season. And honestly, could kind of give you a little bit of something to build on if you're Jeremy Pruitt. Because like I said, I think most other position groups are headed in the right direction. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think the season will happen. I do. Uh, I think we'll finish it out. I think that COVID is, is bad, but I don't really think that it's as bad as maybe, I don't know. I don't want to say that. I don't want to make up any sort of political statement. Um, but anyway, I I think football should go on is what I'm saying. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I, I'm, I'm with you. I think it, it makes it out. I think uh, it could get ugly. There's going to be some weeks like this one. I think you could miss three or four games. Um, you know, there's going to be some weeks. That's why, they're, that's why they included those extra weeks. They can move our stuff around a little bit. I, I, I'm a little worried that there's going to be some, uh, some slow weeks in college football because also now, you know, you got the Big Ten. They're what? They're only in week two or three. They're in week three, I think. So, you know, as you're, if I'm a college football fan, just in general, obviously I watch more of the SEC because of the show and obviously because of Tennessee, but I don't know. I think that, uh, you know, there's going to be some weeks where you have some pretty lackluster showings from, you know, as a TV fan of a TV watcher, you know, those, there's gonna be a couple Saturdays. You're like, man, I can't wait for this slate. And then you're without three of the, five best games because of COVID. So that could happen. It could happen a couple of times, but you know, so you're getting an extra week for sure. We know that. So I, I think that uh, this team's going to be, this, you know, we're going to, this, this outcome is going to be okay. It's just going to be a little bumpy. They're going to get there, going to get through it. And you know what? We're going to get to basketball season. Basketball. basketball. Tell them about the guy, man, Mike Pipe, we got a new recruit today, baby. We got an yeah. elite recruit. His name Andrew is Michael Mike. Jordan. You may have heard of him. He's from North Never Carolina. Never heard of him. No. Is that the guy we got? Uh, no. Um, I'm, I'm sorry. My bad. My bad. Okay. His name is LeBron. No. So, anyway, his name, I don't know if you guys heard of him, top 100 recruit. He hails from California. Rick going coast to coast on us. Um, his name's Jemai Mashak. Six foot five, 190, four star. Um, probably going to play small forward, kind of that three role kind of guy. Yeah. That's got the athleticism, got the shooting to slide over and play two if need be. But I think naturally it projects to the three. Chase, what do you think? What do you think, man? I love it, man. So Jemai is your prototypical Rick Barnes recruit. Uh, not quite to the fit he is. He is a also. You see these pictures. Like he's he's also he's not missing out on any weight room trips. But he's also not quite Eve's Ponds. But I'm just saying he's similar to that elite level athleticism. Right. Hard nosed defender. Right. Uh, also, I think Rick does like a little bit of a project offensively. Like Jemai's got some talent. Don't get me wrong. He's not. He's obviously a top 100 recruit because he can he can get buckets too. But he does need to work on that a little bit. So I think he's going to be an awesome, awesome Rick Barnes prototypical guy. 
good size, kind of multi-positional. Like he'll be able to like, he's the type of guy that, you know, if you have a, an elite level point guard, Rick Barnes will put him on that guy to, you know, use size, uh, slide over. Cause you know, we've done that with pawns with certain people. So you want this guy to be able to slide over and guard one through three. He won't be able to play the point guard position much because I don't think we'll need to, obviously from recruiting aspect, what we already have, but he's a type of guy that can guard one through three and give everybody problems. And that's exactly what you got. He's going to give us some good flushes, catch some lobs from the two and three spot. It's going to be nasty, dude. I think, man, Kennedy Chandler, this Jemai, all these recruits are going to come in and we're going to have some rollover. I mean, as talented as this group is, whether it be Keon staying, whether it be whoever else staying the next year, there's going to be some rollover of talent. And these teams the next two or three years, super athletes, super freaking fun to watch. I can't wait, Pipe. I can't freaking wait. Man, all I got to say is this. Rick Barnes has got this thing rolling. We're on the Rick Barnes train, whatever you want to call it. We're first class. We're first class, dude. We are soaring. Recruiting is the best it's ever been at the University of Tennessee. We're stacking five stars on five stars, top 200 guys on top 100 guys. I mean, you got to love what the man's doing. You got to love the way he leads the program, the kind of guy he is, the character he has. It's everything you wish the football program was and more. Um, yeah. And so we got to give some props to the guy, Rick Barnes. He's doing it right. We're succeeding, um, you know, recruiting. We're got, getting guys from California. We're getting five-star in-state guys from Memphis. I mean, it, the program's in the best shape it's ever been in um, as far as just consistent success on the recruiting trail and on the court. Um, obviously, we didn't have the best season last year, but I think pretty much everyone has Tennessee as a top-20 team. A lot of places have us around 12, 10, 15. Um, I mean, yeah, this is, uh, this is everything that you could want if you're a Tennessee basketball fan. And I think it's only going to continue to head in the right direction. Yeah, it's going to be good, man, especially early on. Cause, uh, that, that first holiday weekend for, I guess, Thanksgiving holiday weekend, uh, that little VCU mini camp basically is what it is. Uh, them coming down and then Charlotte's going to be in Knoxville also, that's going to be a good little test because those are always solid programs, very solid coach programs. So you're going to get a, a lot of answers, and you're going to get these younger guys some some talent to play against. And it's going to be a good start, but also you're getting Eves and Fulkerson back in the swing of things, and those Josiah James. Like This is going to be a really good team this year, and this program is going to be really good for a long time. Amen. Ricky B, Ricky B is just doing a damn thing and i love because i'm a big basketball guy as much as i love football basketball's always been my heart because i've always loved playing and was never ever gonna be uh, an elite guy so i love to watch the elite people you know what i'm saying yeah no i hear you i hear you I'm, right. I'm growing more and more in that direction um and i'm excited to be able to cheer on UT basketball, if COVID takes that away from me, then I don't know what I'll do. But just pray for me, I guess. Don't say that. I can't I can't even imagine what I would do if we lost basketball season because of COVID. Especially after the season we've had. Oh. Oh. I mean, those are also speaking of basketball real quick. 
I go back to a little bit of football combination. The Saturday in Knoxville of December 12th, going to be lit up. It's going to be awesome. You've got Cincinnati coming to Thompson Bowling, and that's going to be the Auburn, that's going to be that Texas A&M football game. Dude, what a great day. That's a good Saturday in Knoxville, my friends. Word. Wow. That's going to be, if you can double up and get that, not a bad day. Not a bad day at all. If you can somehow pull off the, if it, if they, because I imagine they're going to separate it out. Let's say it's a noon basketball game. Probably a 3.30. Maybe like a 4 o'clock SEC game. I don't imagine there'll be a little bit more because Texas A&M will have, probably have something to play for at that point. So maybe yeah. a 7 o'clock ESPN game. Or an ABC game or something like that, plus that basketball game. And if you're the guy that gets one of the 4,000 tickets to the basketball game, one of the 22,000 to the football game, that's not a bad day in Knoxville, man. No, it's not. That'd be pretty fun. That could be a fun double up. Uh, even though it might be a, a beatdown versus Texas A&M, because Kellamon actually looks pretty good. I've given that guy crap for years, but he looks pretty good here lately. He's yeah, making he stuff does. happen. Ooh. I don't know, Mike Pipe. Basketball season's upon us. Holidays are about upon us. So again, if you need a gift, hit up manscaped.com. WTV20. Do it. Yep. You got anything else, buddy? You need anything else to talk about tonight? You need a vent on anything falls wise, my friend? Mm. Uh, man. I guess, you know, I wish that things are going differently but other than that you know I, I don't really have a lot to say other than if you get rid of Pruitt go make it an all-star guy make it Hugh Freeze make it Urban Meyer maybe that's a pipe dream I don't know but make it a guy that's you feel really confident is going to have success don't go out and hire another coordinator I don't care how many coaches he's played for I mean I, yeah, I'm just just go out and get it done. You know, if you're if that's the route you're gonna go. If not, let's roll with Pruitt one more time. Let's see what he's got. I think it's headed in the right direction. But yeah, you never know. I 100 percent agree with that. If you don't get an all-star, keep our guy we got. Yep. And make it make it all happen. Make a few small changes. And get this and right this ship. This ship has to be re- you know, directed back forward. It's not completely going in reverse but it's turning around for a weird reason so get the get the sales back going in the right direction so let's hope so man let's hope so guys and gals we appreciate you mike pipe i appreciate you and as always welcome to ball hall